Coming up, friends, on this episode, a special edition all about COVID-19 sales dilemmas in the advertising space. We have Mike from Openlook Business Solutions dissecting questions with me from Renee, Taylor, and David all have questions about selling or working with advertisers as it relates to this current crisis. I'm going to share with you also four or five ways that uh, things that I'm saying, things that I'm doing as I'm interacting with my advertisers during this uh, situation. Charity Huff from January Spring, uh, also going to be on the line here in a couple seconds. Uh, Maybe some revenue ideas around this situation, some things we're going to need to do to really keep our advertisers, not only help them survive, but help them thrive through this situation. And then web traffic is spiking at media companies. So David Walsh, Web Publisher Pro, coming up here in just a couple seconds. If your web traffic isn't spiking, like you're the only media company that that's not happening to. So what do we do to leverage that? What do we do to take a bad situation and potentially making it better for some of our advertisers? All right, friends, all that and so much more straight ahead on this month's episode special, all about COVID-19 and sales strategies coming up next on Ad Sales Nation. Here we go. From the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends, on this this special edition of the Ad Sales Nation podcast, boy, a topic I wish that we'd never would have ever heard about. How about you? You with me on that? Man, oh man, it has been a little rough out there in media sales land. You know, we did a 90-minute podcast, uh, two of them actually, one for radio and one for the newspaper magazine folks. I guess it's the broadcast folks, not just radio. Broadcast folks and then also uh, the traditional print media folks, magazines and newspapers. And hey, friends, thanks so much. Um, we raised almost 3000 a little bit more than $3,000 Uh, for the Golden Harvest Food Bank. So thank you so much for everything that you've done to support me, and I'm doing my best to support all of you. We're raising some money for uh, some causes out there that are working hard. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much uh, for all that. We sure appreciate it uh, very, very much. You know, um, back when, uh, in 1776, there was a guy, his name is Thomas Paine, and uh, Thomas Paine wrote a paper entitled The American Crisis. Interesting. And in that paper called The American Crisis back in 76, 1776, he said, friends, we must lead, we must follow, or we must get out of the way. Very interesting, huh? The American Crisis. So who would have thought that I'd be bringing this back up again here as we talk about this current you know, world crisis, but also a crisis here um, in America. And so I really feel like we're in a unique situation, friends, as media companies and media sales people to lead to follow, or just get out of the way, because some of us are actually going to roll forward on this, and we're going to help our advertisers. Instead of getting down in the gutter with them and starting this pity party, what we're going to do is we're going to work hard to help them. We're going to help them not only survive this current situation, but we're going to help them, hopefully, when it's all said and done, uh, thrive. Now, let me be clear, friends, because I don't want anyone out there listening, and you probably know me pretty well if you've been listening to this podcast for quite some time. We've been doing it for a long time. I'm not trying to make light of this situation. This is bad. I mean, we've got folks that have lost their lives, family members in peril, um, you know, celebrities that have lost their lives, etc. I'm not trying to make light of this. What I'm trying to do is just make sure that we know how to work with our customers, in this case, for all of you, for me, our advertisers, to help them understand 
when times are good, you should advertise. When times are bad, you must advertise. You got to dig deep and find the money because we have historical evidence of businesses that have gone through crises, albeit not an outbreak of, of a virus, but a lot of similarities. And those folks, this is what they found. They found that it's almost always more cost effective to stay the course than to make dramatic changes to their marketing plans. In almost all cases, crises, albeit more financial than health-oriented, that they have found that it's more cost-effective to stay the course. So I'm going to give you some of that information here in a second. But let's make sure that we you know, talk through a couple of important pieces and points on this topic. Number one, I think it's very important for us to watch our language. As sales reps out there, we need to watch our language because we hear words on the news like powerful words like pandemic, epidemic, uh, crisis. I'm hearing people use words like despair, destruction, you know, things like that. It's, it, they're true words. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. They're true words. But when we add fuel to a fire that's already burning really, really strong, we make the fire grow even bigger than it actually has to be. It's bad. Let's not make it worse. That's why I refer to this current crisis as a situation. Again, I'm not trying to downplay it. I think that makes you look foolish. I'm trying to help our advertisers survive and maybe even thrive once this crisis subsides or once this situation subsides. So I think that's a very important piece for us to really consider. How do we present ourselves? Now, a lot of times as sales reps, what we find ourselves doing is when we're talking with somebody, we try to get at eye level with them. Unfortunately, in this circumstance, getting to their level often means that you have to join them in either their conversation about despair or their conversation about politics or their conversation about death, doom, and how bad this situation is. I get it. It's bad. So instead, what I like to do when I'm working with folks is I really like to, to follow a three-step process as it relates to dealing with folks and depending on who they are. But let's talk first about the three types of advertisers, and let's talk about how to, how to handle them as far as objections goes, okay? So there's three types of advertisers, and then there's a three-step process I follow to work with each one of these different folks. All right, three types of advertisers. Well, the first group is the slam on the brakes folks. These are people that are just slamming flat on the brakes. Then you've got your wait and see people. That's the second group I've observed, those folks that just want to wait and see. And then you've got those carpe diem folks. Those are the seize the day kind of folks, those carpe diem people. Now, we're not going to call them awful people. We're not going to. They might even say things like, never let a good crisis go unwasted. <laughs> okay, so I can't necessarily agree with that, but they are out there, and that's probably who we need to focus on during these particular strategic selling times. All right, let's talk about these three types of people. Let's talk about how to deal with them in a very ethical way. And then let's talk about the three by three challenge. All right. First, slam on the brakes kind of people. Slam on the brakes kind of folks. And we talked about this in our webinar here a couple couple weeks ago. By the way, you can get a link to that webinar if you want to watch it down in the, in the show notes. You'll see a link to that. Um, if you're on iTunes or Spotify, probably in the description. Slam on the brakes kind of people. Slam on the brakes advertisers are usually not following a logical path. Instead, what they're doing is they're making an emotional decision. So they've gone from FOMO to FONO. What do I mean by that? FOMO, fear of missing out. We used to use fear of missing out to drive them 
to buy because their competition was in the magazine, newspaper, on the station, or whatever, and they're not. So we would use FOMO to drive them into a buying decision. Well, now they're calling us to cancel because they've moved from FOMO, F-O-M-O, to FONO, F-O-N-O, F-O-N-O, FONO, fear of not obeying. They think that every advertiser is canceling, so if they don't obey, they're not doing the right thing. So for slam-on-the-brakes kind of people, logic is not going to win them over. What we have to do is be able to explain to them that not everyone is making changes, and that historically speaking, we have found that if you stay the course, it's almost always more cost-effective than jumping in and jumping out. We'll come back to that in a second. The second group of people, wait-and-see kind of folks. Now, those folks usually, <clears throat> excuse me, usually are a lot more logical type of people. Those are folks that have some emotion in the mix, but they're a lot more logical. Well, those are the folks that we can present a moderately compelling case of why it is that they should stay advertising. I call it the NASCAR effect, and that means when you shut off your advertising, it's sort of like a NASCAR going into the pits to get new tires. The moment that you come off the main track and you hit the pits is the moment that if you're not careful, you'll get a lap down. If you stay in the pits too long, if you shut off that advertising faucet too long, you'll stay in the pits for two or three laps. And then even Dale Earnhardt himself is not going to come back from three laps down to win a NASCAR race. So I use that analogy with folks that are wait and see kind of people. Now the carpe diem folks, these are the folks that are like, hey, don't ever let a crisis you know, go unwasted. Or whatever that saying is. I don't know that I necessarily like it. But there are carpe diem folks out there. They see this as an opportunity to gain market share. They see it as an opportunity to potentially put themselves above and in front of other businesses. They're looking back at history. For example, during the Great Depression, when Post Serial Company backed off their advertising, Kellogg's took over. When you look at the recession of the 80s, well, all of a sudden, Honda and Volkswagen back off on their advertising and Toyota takes over. You look as recently as the Great Recession that we went through, 06, 07, 08, 09, and what Domino's did. Domino's took a crisis and turned it into an opportunity and gained significant market share. By the way, if you want more information on those examples, you can go watch the, watch the 90 Minutes webinar that we did here last week. Check out the show notes for a link on that. But there are those carpe diem kind of people that are out there. Friends, those are the folks we should be focusing on right now. If you wanted one piece of advice from me as a guy that's touched half a billion dollars in media over the course of, geez, almost 30 years. Good grief, I'm getting old. You know, you really got to ask yourself, what can we do to carpe diem ourselves? Now, I like to say, and I think it's important, I like to say, how can we take a bad situation to make it better? I don't think we're ever going to make it good. <laughs> I don't think that makes sense. It makes us sound kind of kind of odd. So the carpe diem thing for me is really more about like the three by three challenge. The three by three challenge, what that's all about is taking three categories and finding three advertisers per category. Okay, so three categories, three advertisers per category. And then what you do is you work that three by three grid and find carpe diem kind of folks. So in local advertising markets, we're seeing that home improvement is still going pretty strong. Maybe we focus there. Insurance brokers, we're seeing that now people will talk to them because they're actually, you know, at home. So those kind of folks we might be able to work with. That's where the three by three challenge, you know, really comes about. 
Now, when you're talking with these advertisers, I do have a process as we're working with them to handle objections. And again, as you guys know, I like the three by three process, but I like grouping things in threes. So really, how do I work with those folks? Those slam on the brakes or wait and see, or those type of folks. How I do it is I basically follow a pretty simple three-step process. First and foremost is I'm going to go and make sure that I empathize without getting into a debate. Okay, I'm going to empathize without getting into a debate, and I'm going to make sure I try not to get so low that I'm at eye level, because a lot of times that means me getting in the gutter with them. I don't want to do that. Number two, I'm going to present some historical data. I just gave you a couple of examples of Domino's, of Post Serial, of Toyota. Now, you might be saying, whoa, 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 Ryan, this is different now. This is a health crisis, not a financial crisis. Uh, friends, it is a health crisis that has turned into a financial crisis. And if you don't see it, um, I guess I shouldn't encourage you to watch the news because if you don't know where we're at now, you probably haven't been watching the news. Don't get your news from Facebook. <laughs> That's what I can really tell you. So when I'm working with these three types of advertisers, first, I'm going to empathize without debate or emotion. Number two, I'm going to present some historical data. And then number three, I'm going to give them some ideas, whether it's revenue ideas, whether it's changing their ad copy or whatever the, you know, whatever the circumstances, I'm going to work with them in some pretty, pretty detailed ways. Now, friends, we've got all kinds of historical data. We've got all kinds of research, but here's what I'd like to share with you more than anything else. This is a time now for us to not only help our advertisers survive this crisis, but potentially help them thrive. We're either going to need to lead right now, we're going to either follow, or we just got to flat out get out of the way. I'm here to tell you that we're in a unique position to lead. Because when times are good, you should advertise. When times are bad, you must advertise. Check out the show notes if you want to uh, check out the 90-minute uh, podcast on these various topics. Happy to uh, help uh, to give you that information. And then anything you pay is going to go to charity. So that's also a, a great thing. All right, up next, your website traffic is spiking. What do you do? David Walsh will give us some advice, charity have fun, some programmatic opportunities, and then, of course, your listener questions. All right, stick around and stay close. Only 45 seconds away from that. Got a couple of sponsors to help us pay the bills. Here we go. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by the strategy and design team at Web Publisher Pro. When it's time for your media company to have a top-notch website that is designed for optimal revenue potential, Turn to David and the creative team at Web Publisher Pro. Learn more online at webpublisherpro.com. Thank you to the team over at OpenLook Business Solutions. Outsource sales tasks, data cleanup, telemarketing, design tasks, or hire a virtual assistant. Reach out to Mike at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Thank you to the fine folks at January Spring. If you are looking to grow revenue by offering white-label digital services like SEO, social media, or programmatic ads, reach out to Charity over at JanuarySpring.com. Charity loves to strategize about growing revenue. You sell it and January Spring fulfills it. Learn more online at JanuarySpring.com. Okay, now back to the show. Here's your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans from the home office, the podcast rolls on and got David Walsh. I'm sure um, that you're working at home, web publisher pro, uh, working from home uh, as well. David, I hope things are uh, are well with you and your family. Yeah, we're doing uh, we're doing great over here. We're hunkered down up in New Jersey, uh, so just living the uh, the quarantine lifestyle. Right there you now, go, so. living the quarantine <laughs> lifestyle. That's that's all right. 
Hey, um, David, love to pick your brain, um, you know, since you're uh, neck deep and all this, all digital all day in the websites. And uh, what I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of folks, and maybe you can confirm or tell me more about it, is that those folks that have paywalls in place, those publishers, uh, et cetera, that have paywalls in place, seeing some pretty nice um, spikes in traffic. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, we're seeing three different types, uh, primarily with paywalls and what we call reader revenue. Uh, so you have your hard paywall. Um, those are subscribers that typically have to pay to see any content. Uh, many of those publishers are opening up their COVID-19 coverage. Uh, they're not charging for that. It's public service. They want to get that out there. Um, but they're still generating a ton of new paid subscribers who want to uh, support their news organization. Um, further than that, we have uh, uh, reader revenue models that are more membership-based. So they're not actually gating any content. Um, they're just saying, hey, we're providing a public service. We're covering this. Um, it costs us money to cover this. If you're able to, please support us uh, with a donation uh, of any size, a contribution. Um, we're seeing kind of the magic number at about $60 a year. Uh, mm -hmm. It's something like 90 to 99% of people are supporting at $60 a year. Um, but many of our publishers that are doing that are uh, – passively getting like 10 to 30 signups a day. Hmm. Uh, and then when we send out an email solicitation to their uh, subscriber list, we're seeing as many as 50 to 75 people that within an hour or two are going to their site and signing up. Uh, so they're doing extremely well. Well, that's really uh, great to hear. So if I'm following what you're saying, the readers are supporting community journalism, magazines, newspapers, etc. Um, that's awesome. You can add up those numbers pretty fast to see that that could be a nice addition in revenue. So they're giving them access to the website. Is there like deep dives on uh, research data back issues? What kind of, are they getting access to everything? Uh, right now they're, uh, they're kind of getting access for, for everything. Um, maybe later on down the road as those members, you know, once we get past, uh, this, those members are still going to be on a recurring payment model. So you're getting a long-term contributor, whether it's on paywall or just a like reader revenue contribution. Uh, so that's really important. There is a ton of research that has gone into reader revenue models. Mm -hmm. uh, Membership Puzzle Project is a big uh, research company that has looked into this all over the U.S. and all over the world. Um, so you know, it's kind of using someone like us that's really experienced with the research, but we're getting this up and running very, very quickly. Um, and publishers are benefiting it. Um, even if they're seeing a decline in ad sales, uh, they're often able to offset that now with some of these reader revenue contributions. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. And integrating promotions, whether it's from Second Street Media or whatever into the website, uh, is important. And as ad salespeople, friends, if, if you're not seeing a spike in traffic, you would be like the only person um, in the entire media business that's not seeing a spike in traffic. We're seeing that uh, readership is spiking on page views, maybe 50%, 100%, but new readers are up as much as 4,500% on a lot of the publications that we deal with. Wow. So now is the absolute time to plan for how are you gonna get that 4,500% increase in new users coming back later on? Um, when the coverage on this specific issue uh, fades, but you want to now serve them all the content that you'll be creating in the future. 
Um, so it's really important to have a plan for that. Makes sense. All right, friends, reach out to David and his team, webpublisherpro.com. So stay, uh, stay healthy in New Jersey there, David. Yeah, you too. Thank you. All right, friends and fans, one of my favorite times in the show is when we have a chance to talk with Charity Huff. And I can only imagine that you're at home in Denver in your home office. So how are things going out in the, out near the Rocky Mountains, Charity? Uh, things are going well. The sun is shining. Um, I'm in sweats, which is the way everybody should be working. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Hey, you know, from a programmatic and digital strategy perspective, um, we know that web traffic is is really spiking, but I have a lot of people ask me, what is this whole like put a pixel on your website? So now more than ever before, I think it's important that our salespeople out there know kind of what that means. So could you talk about that a little bit? Heck yeah. And it needs to be something that you are doing today because what I'm hearing, and it sounds like you're hearing the same thing, is that most of our publisher partners, our media partners are seeing a great spike in their web traffic. And if you don't have a pixel that captures and tags those site visitors, you don't have the opportunity to remarket to them later, which is all about what we do at January spring. So make sure um, that you reach out and get a pixel from us. Let's put it on your website so that anybody that comes to your publication website, your media website is tagged as an audience member, somebody that you can remarket to. And then we can work with you on how you want to package that up, make it available to your advertisers. And we have a lot of publishers that are using that pixeled traffic to say, make sure you're signing up for our newsletter. Make sure you're listening to our podcast. They're using it to promote their other channel. Right. And what we talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast was everybody thinks of advertising out there, national or local, as an on again, off again, like a light switch. And friends, it doesn't work like that. This could be over in three weeks or three months. I don't think it's going to be three years. Three weeks or three months, we still have to get you know really ahead of the game. For those of you in the national um, business, this is a time, let's just say for an example, that you are a magazine that targets healthcare and your advertisers are selling multi-million dollar uh, pieces of medical equipment. The people making those decisions, they're at home. They've got right. time to do research. Now's the time to get in front of them. So I, you know, I talked earlier in the podcast about setting up kind of a, a grid. Look at people that are carpe diem kind of advertisers and really spend time with them and really focus in on there are people at home willing to engage now that would never have engaged uh, before. So I imagine you would agree local, national, doesn't matter. We've got to get those pixels on the website because without that, pretty tough to track people. Exactly. It is. It's it's hard to remarket to your own audience if you're not capturing them the first time. Yeah. And then what we are doing with that site traffic is we're pairing it with anyone that has um, delivery subscription information. Mm-hmm. So if you've got your address list of who you're sending out your magazine to, we can target those people at their home. And if you don't, if you don't have that kind of circulation, no problem. I can target people at the household level based off of demographics. So let's go back to um, that that roofer, right? I can target homes 
in a particular zip code based off of the age of the home. Or I can target homes where there's children in the home because those parent magazines, you guys need to reach those families, right? And there's a lot of businesses, tutors, all of those kind of guys that want to be reaching those people. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And I know you love. I know you love to strategize about it. And so your home. Yes. We, I mean, those you and I would travel <laughs> 10, 12, 15 days a month. We're, we're we're in our home office. So all right, JanuarySpring.com. Reach out to Charity and strategize with her. And I think you're going to find some exceptional revenue. So all right, stay us. Uh, be well out there in Denver. Yeah, and you stay healthy and safe too. No worries, Charity. My best to your family and to your customers as well. All right, friends. Up next is going to be Mike Obert from Open Look Business Solutions. We're answering questions from Rob in Des Moines and Jackie in Miami and Brian in St. Louis. They've all got some really great COVID-19 related sales questions. So we're going to dissect those. Uh, I'd be a pretty bad uh, sales coach if I didn't have at least 45 seconds worth of sponsors of the show. So stick around. We'll be right back. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by the strategy and design team at Web Publisher Pro. When it's time for your media company to have a top-notch website that is designed for optimal revenue potential, turn to David and the creative team at Web Publisher Pro. Learn more online at webpublisherpro.com. Thank you to the team over at Open Look Business Solutions. Outsource sales tasks, data cleanup, telemarketing, design tasks, or hire a virtual assistant. Reach out to Mike at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Thank you to the fine folks at January Spring. If you are looking to grow revenue by offering white label digital services like SEO, social media, or programmatic ads, reach out to Charity over at JanuarySpring.com. Charity loves to strategize about growing revenue. You sell it and January Spring fulfills it. Learn more online at JanuarySpring.com. Okay, now back to the show. Here's your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, that time of the podcast every month where you wait for Mike and I to answer uh, your listener questions. And uh, Mike, how's it going from uh, from the home front? You uh, able to handle all the work, handle the kids and all that stuff from the house? It is pure chaos, Ryan. It is chaos. <laughs> but man, it's fun. It is. Uh, it, it, we're having a uh, ball doing it. Well, that's good. We've got uh, all of our questions um, just recently came in and they're all from folks that are working from home. And um, that's where the questions really, you know, where they kind of really resound. Um, so let's just dig through them, uh, Mike, and, and then maybe we can find out some, you know, cool stuff you guys are doing down at uh, down at Open Look uh, yep, Business sure. Solutions. Yep. All right, first question uh, from our listener Rob uh, from Des Moines. I'm an Iowa guy. Rob from Des Moines, um, having some trouble getting, you know, working from home and staying focused. Having trouble staying focused. Um, what can you do, or what technology can you suggest to really help me get my job done better? Mike, you know, you work uh, with a lot of remote folks uh, at Open Look. What do you guys do to, you know, keep, uh, you know, from a technology perspective and stuff like that? Right. We use a lot of uh, Skype and Zoom. Um, I, I joke around that I see uh, uh, my partner, Kevin, in the Philippines. I see him more than my wife uh, because he's <laughs> constantly um, on Skype. So uh, we use Skype and Zoom. Zoom, actually, I've been using more and more this year. Um, in the team stuff that you can do, uh, you can mute people, uh, which they don't have some of these features on Skype. Uh, sound, uh, you know, you can have up to 15, 20 people mm -hmm. in a room and right. the technology has been great. Uh, so zoom and Skype have been lifesavers for us. Yeah. I mean, from a technology perspective, Rob, some of the things I use loom L O O M, 
It's a Chrome extension to record sales videos. I think that's a piece of technology that's been helpful. I'm also using my calendar to stay focused. I know it sounds basic, but I'm blocking out time for things. And I'm not leaving my home office or my home setup until that occurs. The other thing is that I think people overlook is where you set your office up at. Everybody wants to be in their kitchen or like in the main area. Um, You know, find some way to set this up like on a back wall of your bedroom or someplace that is moderately quiet and filled with stuff. Because I'm hearing a lot of people on sales calls in their kitchen and it sounds like you're in an amphitheater. It's echoing. So I think that, Rob, you know, could also uh, be helpful. Yeah, and then, actually, I, I just moved to the bedroom. Yeah, there you I go. I was in the office and kids <laughs> and dogs, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to the bedroom and shutting the door. Yeah, exactly. And then also go over to PC World, and um, there's a, a woman, an author, her name is Leanne Cassavoy, and she did um, an article and a video series on how to avoid being a webcam zombie. And so that's really a great uh, article on how to set up your webcam, you know, for success. But I use Loom every day. Zoom, so Loom, L-O-O-M. Zoom will give you a free account for 45 minutes of talk time. So, Rob, I think that's a bunch of different ideas. You know, for I think uh, one thing to add, too, is, is a good headset. Um, I, I find that I'm a little bit more productive when I have the headset on and I'm a little bit tied to the computer, mm-hmm. which makes me focus a little bit more. Um, and also, you know, you don't have the background noise and, and, uh, your, your wife or your significant other can't hear the conversations that are going on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a good headset also, I think has been good for us. I think a worthwhile investment, if you've got the money is, uh, getting a dual ear headset with a boom mic from Jabra, um, J A B R A. Don't use your AirPods because they just, they pick up too much extraneous noise. Jabra and Bose, others, but Jabra's a little bit cheaper, have duo headsets, cover both ears, and have a boom mic, which puts the microphone right in front of your face. So I think that could be good as well. So Rob, good good thoughts there. Um, so, okay, uh, Jackie uh, from Miami, similar question, but a different slant to it. Having trouble keeping her team focused. Uh, question says, hey, Ryan and Mike, having some trouble keeping my sales team focused. What are some ideas to really keep them focused when they're working from home? Um, Mike, you do a lot of teamwork, uh, even more than I do with remote folks. What are you doing to keep the team focused? Um, typically what we do is we start the day on a Zoom call and virtually we have everybody that's there checking in, making sure everybody knows what's happening that day. Um, and okay. it's so easy to get into. So uh, making sure that you're constantly checking in with people um, and then messaging people throughout the day. And I specifically, I'm looking for people that are, you know, on top of it, making sure that they're messaging me straight back. Um, And if they're not, then, then, you know, then something might be going on and it might be worth a call. Mm -hmm. But also the, one of the big things that we we're finding right now with a lot of our virtual people is um, that it's more of a reward to be able to work virtually um, if Mm -hmm. they can't handle it. And if their performance is not where it's going to be. Um, then we're moving those people back to the office. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in, in these times right now, it could be, hey, perform, prove that you can work from home. Um, and then, you know, once we get through all this, we can go forward and maybe there's a possibility that you could stay at home and work. And uh, that seemed the performance has gone through the roof for us as we have been uh, telling people that, you know, prove that you can work from home, prove that your mm-hmm. numbers are going to stay up. 
Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll revisit that when we can. Right. And, and just so everybody's clear, I mean, we're talking about Mike and his team. We're talking about not five people <laughs> that are going to yeah. be home based. We're talking about hundreds of folks. And yes. so if they can make it work, I know you can make it work. You know, Jackie, the other thing for me is celebrating victories, set up a Slack channel to celebrate wins and victories. Um, maybe you do some virtual happy hours, some virtual lunches where people all log in at noon and they all eat lunch together and joke around the way you would at work. Maybe you all have cocktails. Everybody grabs a beer or whatever at uh, five, six o'clock. But the other thing that I do, and Mike, you may not agree with this. Um, I don't know. I'll get your thoughts on it. I actually do random check-ins with people. I'll call them on FaceTime, et cetera. And the reason I do that is I, I want to make sure that they're, we're paying them to work and I want to be cool but I want to make sure they're working. So if they won't answer a FaceTime call, it's maybe possible that they've gone to walk the dog like for the ninth time today or they're not where they're supposed to be. Now, I'm not trying to be a micromanager, but I am trying to make sure people are on task. So I like to do those kind of check-ins. What's up? You know, how's it going? Can I help with anything? And I like to do those type of, of, of things as well. Do you like to surprise people, Mike, or is everything you guys do pretty planned? I like to surprise people as well. Okay. <laughs> I do. Yeah. There's an ulterior motive. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I do like, you know, um, just the random check-in of, right. hey, and not even with a an agenda, but hey, just want to check on you, make sure everything's fine, anything I can do to help you, um, and then, you know, pretty quick and then move on to the next person. Right. Some people will need more attention than others, Jackie. So what you're going to notice is some people need multiple check-ins. Keep in mind, some people freak out at home. They don't like it. They might need more engagement from you as a manager. Here's the big thing. I'm not looking to micromanage people, but I do need to keep them accountable. And I need them to get a job done, and they're being paid to do a certain job. Of course, you know, make sure you check all applicable labor, labor laws on that one, Jackie, too. Um, all right. Um, Brian is our last question. Uh, Mike, good question. Brian from uh, St. Louis. And he's getting a lot of negative calls. Here's the question. Hey, Ryan and Mike, making a lot of sales calls, getting through to people, which is awesome. However having a lot of negative conversations about the current COVID-19 situation. What should I do? And Mike, if you don't mind, I'll start on this one. Is that cool? Yeah, go. Um, Brian, I think, I don't know you, Brian. I know another Brian from St. Louis, but I don't know you, Brian. But I would say um, that for me, you might be part of the problem. What happens a lot of times is when someone, you get someone on the phone and they're all down and they're in the gutter is we would say here in South Carolina, sometimes we tend to waller with those people. Like we want to get down in the in the mud with them and sit and get, you know, eye to eye. And yeah, man, you're right. It is terrible. The sky is falling. Yeah, the, you know, the White House isn't doing this or so-and-so's not doing that or, you know, and that doesn't help. Um, now, I'm not saying that you should just not respond and I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't be sympathetic, but I like to follow kind of a three-step process. First, empathize without getting into a debate. That's the first thing. Don't waller with them. Just, oh man, you're right. Yeah, things are kind of crazy out there. But then the second thing is, I want to give them a bright spot for the day. I might say, you know, I've had six or eight great calls with people today. We're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. And then the third thing is, give them some fresh ideas. So the first thing is, you know, talk with them, empathize, but don't get in the gutter. Don't waller with them. Do they say waller in Texas? Or is that just <laughs> they do. <laughs> and that I was chuckling when you were saying waller because I've used waller before too. Yes. yes. Yeah. Don't waller. Give them a bright spot. Like, hey, I've talked to seven people today. We're seeing some light at the end of the old tunnel. And then the third thing is share a new idea, something that you've got 
um, a solution that you've got to potentially, you know, to potentially help them. All right, I'll shut up for a second. Mike, in terms of uh, what Brian, overcoming negative calls, what are your thoughts on overcoming negativity from a client on the other end of the phone? I, I do agree with you. You need to sympathize with them, but you don't know. You don't need to, as you said, Waller, you don't need to live in it. Um, <laughs> you can move the conversation forward. And if it's in a market that's down and, and struggling, um, you know, sympathize with them, but then say, hey, look, I've heard from these two other customers, just like you said, and these are things that they're doing to get through these times. So, yeah, I think any type in, in it might not even be like, hey, I'm trying to sell you something right now or I'm right. trying to do right. something with you. But right. hey, let me just give you some advice. Like I'm in the same market. Let me talk to you about what I'm hearing and what people are saying. And if, if that helps you, then, you know, that's what we're here to do is to help you. So Rob and Jackie and Brian, awesome questions. And uh, thanks, Mike, for uh, for helping us uh, on that. So you guys, um, if I'm not following what you're saying, um, because everybody's at home, as far as virtual assistants go and things like that, you guys are pretty busy right now. We have been ramping up. That is true. Yeah, we've added a lot of people um, over the last couple of weeks and the last month um, of people looking for for help and, and people that, you know, are uh, virtually set up. So, uh, yeah, we, we've been pretty busy. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you can reach out to Mike. He loves to strategize about how he can help your business open-look.com. Uh, Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate it. All right, friends, that is the podcast for this month. Thanks, Mike, Charity, David, all those great uh, questions that came in. Hey, don't forget, we've got a 90-minute uh, webinar that was done last week. We've got one for radio and broadcast. We've got a separate one for newspapers and magazines. You can find links to that down there in the show notes. Now, there is a charge for it, but keep in mind, a lion's share of those funds are going to the Golden Harvest Food Bank and Feeding Americas. So uh, we'd love to have you support us uh, as it relates to that. Look down in the show notes and you'll find links to those 90-minute webinars. We're going to cover everything from historical data, like we talked about earlier, to email templates, subject lines. I mean, you name it, we're going to cover it in that 90-minute uh, webinar. Hey, friends, um, you know, stay safe out there and uh, step up your sales game. You know, remember, if you can either lead during this situation, you can follow, or you can get out of the way. I'm just saying, hey, I think we have an opportunity to really be amazing leaders here in the media sales game. And I'm very pleased that um, many of you have chose me to be a mentor as it relates to it. It really means the world to me. All right, friends. Well, we'll see you uh, on the next episode. And we've the next episode is all about uh, is relationship selling dead? And uh, it's not, I don't think. So uh, check out that podcast. And I think you'll really, really enjoy that as well. All right. Take care. God bless you. Stay safe out there. Be well. And remember, if ad sales was easy, everybody be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy, which is possible, or we found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. Take care, friends. See you out in the street. Bye-bye.